Exodus chapter 17 this morning. Don't miss tonight. I'm going to follow up with this word tonight. I uh, woke up yesterday morning, and in my spirit, I felt the Lord simply say, uh, empower my people. And how many know the preaching of God's word will empower your life to live a victorious life? Yeah. Get under some good Bible preaching. The Word of God brings change, and it'll bring transformation, and it's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, having the ability to penetrate to the division of the soul and of the spirit to the bone and the marrow. You know, the preaching of God's Word touches the bone and the marrow. You know what that is? That's your flesh. That's your body. Your spirit is your spirit. Your soul is your mind. How many know the Word of God will touch every part of your being? That's why the Bible says He would send His Word, and it would heal them. Amen? Just the preaching of God's word is powerful. Look at Cornelius' house. While Peter was speaking, the baptism of the Holy Ghost came down. I saw that in January as I was in Pittsburgh ministering. A brand new Christian, only saved about two or three months. And uh, just a young lady, probably about 30 years old in the back. And as I was preaching, I, I saw this woman back there, and I heard a little commotion, and she was gone. I just didn't even see her anymore. Come to find out later after the service, while preaching, and I was preaching on the baptism of the Holy Spirit, while preaching, she was just sitting in her chair and just got filled with the Holy Ghost, fell out of her chair, speaking in tongues. Can you say amen? amen. Why? Because the Word of God is powerful. Lord spoke to me to empower his people this weekend. And I want to give you words this weekend that are going to help empower your life to live a victorious life. God wants you to live in victory every day. He wants you to go from one victory to the next. In every battle that you face, you can have victory in it. Amen? Amen. Exodus chapter 17, verse 8 says, Now Amalek came and fought with Israel and in Rephidim, and Moses said to Joshua, Choose some men and go out and fight Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did, as Moses said to him, and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill, and so it was... When Moses held up his hand, that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands became heavy. So they took a stone. Someone say a stone. Someone say a rock. And they put it under him. He sat on one side and the other and the other side. He, his hands were steady. Someone say steady. Until the going down of the sun. So Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Then the Lord said to Moses, write for a memorial in the book and recount it in the hearing of Joshua, that I will utterly blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. And Moses built an altar and called its name, The Lord is my banner. Someone say banner. <laughs> for he said, because the Lord has sworn that the Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. Father, I thank you for your holy word today. I thank you that it is alive. It is supernatural. It is powerful, God. I pray that your word goes forth this morning and it would penetrate the hearts of your people. That, God, it would bring change. That the seed of your word would take root in the hearts and lives of your people. That they would come out of here, build their house on a rock with a stronger foundation, going from victory to victory and from faith to faith, God. Build your people today in Jesus' name and all God's people said. Amen. amen. I like this guy over here. He's my amen corner. So I want to talk to you about victorious Christian living today. 
Now, if I'd be honest, uh, and I look at the Lord, our banner, and what I want to do this morning, I very rarely do this, if ever, I, I'm going to start at the bottom of the text, then we'll go back through the text, but I want to start at the place of victory. I want to start at the place where Moses and Joshua and the children of Israel, they get complete victory. The Bible says that Joshua defeated Amalek, and Amalek is a type or typology of the enemy that comes to steal, kill, and destroy, one that would love to come and bring you back into bondage again. How many know that when God calls us out of Egypt we're not to go back to Egypt any longer he's called us out completely to walk a life in victory so I want to start at the end where Moses gets the victory where Joshua gets the victory and what does Moses do he celebrates he builds an altar altar in the Hebrew means the place of sacrifice it's a place of worship and there Moses is worshiping God he's thankful for the victory and what better thing to do when you get a healing in your body when you get a miracle in your mind when God touches your life what better thing to do than just to lift your hands and say thank you Jesus you know so many people come up to me after services like thank you so much no no thank Jesus so Moses he begins to worship God and he creates this altar and what does he call the altar he calls the name of the altar the Lord is my banner now if I'd be honest with you with reading this years ago and I looked at this as the Lord is my banner well surely that that's the reason why we have what we call banner ministries today now I don't want to offend anybody or if you like to twirl with flags and do your own thing I'll say it this way if you want to do it in the front of the church you better be doing it at home as well <laughs> can you say amen if he's your banner, he better be your banner at home. <laughs> so I always uh, thought that this had where banner ministry came out of. You know, glitters and flags and twirling and dancing. But as I began to understand and began to study this, I began to realize that that's not what this means at all. In fact, historically in the ancient days, the banner was simply a pole. It was simply a stick, a pole that had a bright, shiny ornament on the top of it that glistened in the sun. And what this pole was, it was a standard signal. It was to signal uh, a rallying of God's people to himself. That when the pole was lifted, it was a rallying of the troops. It was a rallying of God's people. Hey, come near. The pole is here. And it was a rallying. And the pole stood as a symbol. Uh, as a cause for God it was the cause of God for salvation and deliverance now in numbers 21 verse 8 the Lord says to Moses he says make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole and it's the same Hebrew word here for banner put it on a pole and it shall be that everyone who is bitten when he looks upon it shall live and we see here that in numbers 21 that when the children of Israel began to backbite against Moses began to complain against God that God sent fiery serpents against them they would bite the children of Israel poison and they would die but God spoke to Moses to build a pole 
pole. Someone say a pole. Someone say a banner. And as the pole was lifted up with the bronze serpent on it, everyone who looked to the pole was healed in the Bible. Every one of the children of Israel that was bitten by a serpent, when they looked to the pole, they would find a miracle in their body and deliverance. Because historically, the pole was a position. It was something, a signal for salvation and deliverance. It was a signal to rallying of God's people. Can you say amen? Amen. So the, the pole was something that we refer to today as well as what some call a flag or a banner. And today we often refer to the Lord our banner as a flag. Well, when you look at the United States of America and you see that flag that's over here at the right of the altar, and you look at that flag, how many understand that that flag and that pole, it has a meaning? It means something. Well, the first meaning that you can find in a flag is... It's a point and a symbol of identification. Now, if I was the president of the United States and I was overseas and I say I was traveling the nation of Spain and I'm the president of the United States of America and I'm in the motorcade and I'm cruising in the limo, on both sides of the limo on the hood, you're going to find what? Two little flags with magnetic pieces on the hood. And everybody that looks at that motorcade that goes by, they say that's the president of what? Of the United States of America. It's a point of identification. It's a point of identity. Are you with me this morning? morning. If I was an ambassador sitting at the United Nations and I sat at the table, you better know I'm going to have a pin on my suit jacket of the United States of America flag. I'm going to have a flag of representation in front of me. And everybody at the United Nations would look at that as an ambassador and say, he is the ambassador of the United States of America. How many understand I'm not the ambassador of the United States of America, but I am an ambassador for the kingdom of God and for righteousness. Amen. I am created in the image and the likeness of God to be an agent of God on this earth, bringing things into dominion and subjection. A flag is a banner that makes a very clear statement. It says, I belong to. If I was an Olympian and I walked into the opening ceremonies, Every jumpsuit of an Olympian has a flag on it representing who they belong to. Every team of the Olympics that enters into the opening ceremonies, you always see them waving the flag and waving their banner, waving their pole. And it's a symbol that all who looks at it, they belong to Spain. They belong to Mexico. They belong to the United States of America. Some will say it's identity. The second symbol that's found in the flag is victory and triumph. Conquering. One of the greatest symbols of this would be the Battle of Iwo Jima. And I had a former military guy pull me aside after service in the first service. He says, hey, just so you know, I want you to know those were Marines. <laughs> I said, oh, all right. <laughs> I said, soldiers, forgive me. <laughs> but on the Battle of Iwo Jima, six Marines or U.S. soldiers... How many know the picture? As they're on top of that hill in Iwo Jima, six of them lifting the flag historically, three of them lost their lives in the lifting of that banner, lifting of that flag. The photograph was taken by a man in 1945 on February 23rd, Joe Rosenthal. As he took that picture, he did not know that that day, that picture would become the most reproduced picture in all of history. You know why you know the picture? Because just about everybody has seen it. 
Battle of Iwo Jima, as that flag was being lifted and as the flag stood high on that day in 1945, everybody who viewed the pole, everybody who viewed the banner, they could tell the United States of America just conquered that ground. It was a symbol of possessing territory. It was a, it was a symbol of victory. It was a symbol of conquering. Can you say amen? Even today, when someone looks at the flag, they can see conquering. They can see the flag of the United States waves high over the White House in Washington, D.C. What does it symbolize? This is the United States of America. It belongs to the United States of America. This territory belongs to the USA. Amen? Thirdly, a flag or a banner, it symbolizes everything that the nation represents. Now, if you were to look at the Mexican flag, and I'm not familiar with the Mexican flag, but every symbol on that flag would have a meaning to Mexican people. The United States of America, we see the 50 stars representing the 50 states. We see the, the stripes of the red and the white and the, and the colonies that were established and all the things that the United States of America was built on, established, and what it represents. When you look at the flag, how many know that flag represents freedom? It represents one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. That flag represents a government by the people, or excuse me, a government of the people, by the people, and for the people. I think that's got a little confused in this day, but... When you see that flag, it symbolizes the land of the free, the home of the brave. God's name is Jehovah Nisi, the Lord our banner. What does that mean? It's not banner ministry. It's the Lord our God, our banner. And I'm here to tell you this morning that the cross of Calvary, the cross of Jesus Christ was lifted high as our banner for our church, for you and I, for our families, for our homes, for our communities. The Lord our God has been lifted high as a banner. Can you say amen? John chapter 3 verse 14 says this, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness... Even so must the Son of God or the Son of Man be lifted up. Can I tell you, there was a hill called the Hill of Golgotha that on that day outside of the gates of the city, as Jesus was nailed to two sticks, as his feet were nailed, as his hands were nailed to a tree, as that serpent was lifted up in the wilderness, God himself was lifted up on the Hill of Golgotha through his son Jesus, lifted high. And to all who seize the cross, to all who seize the pole just as the fiery serpents in the wilderness and all who looked to the cross were healed I'm here to tell you this morning that in that cross there's healing in that cross there's salvation in that cross is our banner it's our banner of hope it's our banner of life Jesus has been lifted high John 12 32 Jesus said when I am lifted up from the earth I will draw all people to myself. You know, that is fulfilling prophecy in Isaiah 5, verse 26, where the prophet prophesies that he will lift up a banner to the nations. Listen to this. He will lift up a banner to the nations from afar and will whistle to them from the end of earth. Surely they shall come with speed, swiftly, did you catch that? He will whistle to them. He'll say, 
hey, over here, just look to the cross. There's healing. Just look to the cross. There's life. Just look to the cross. There's salvation and deliverance. Just look to the cross. There's protection and life. Amen? Isaiah 11, verse 10 says, In that day there shall be a root of Jesse. How many know that's Jesus? Someone say his name. Say Jesus. Jesus. Who shall stand up as a banner to the people. For the Gentiles shall seek him, and his resting shall be glorious. Isaiah 11, verse 12. He will set up a banner to the nations and will assemble the outcast of Israel and gather together the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. Song of Solomon 2.4, he brought me to his banqueting house and his banner over me was love. No greater love than this, than a man that lays down his life for his friends. The cross of Jesus Christ is a symbol of pure love. It's a symbol of a banner of love. It's a symbol of a banner of hope. It's a symbol of a banner of peace. It's a symbol of a banner of joy and salvation and deliverance and everything that we need today to walk in perfect victory is found in our banner, the cross of Jesus Christ. Can I tell you that you're not going to face one battle in this world? It wasn't nailed to the cross. Let me say that again. There's not one battle that you're going to face in this world. There's not one fiery dart from the wicked one that can come at you that hasn't already been nailed to the cross in victory. Come on, put your hands together for Jesus. Did he not say in Ephesians chapter 6 that you will quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one? So just as the flag is a symbol of identification, symbol of identity, that if I was an ambassador, it would say you are the ambassador of the United States of America. You are the president of the United States of America. The cross of Jesus Christ is our identity, church. Did he not say in his word... Romans 8, 16, that through the cross, we have become the children of God. I I live and I am a United States citizen, but I don't bleed the blood of the United States of America. I am an Assembly of God minister, but I don't bleed the blood of the Assemblies of God. That flows in my being is the Jesus Christ and the cross of Jesus Christ. I belong to him. I pledged my allegiance to him. He is the lamb. Worthy is the lamb that was slain. And over my life is the cross. And I am a child of God. I am an heir and a co-heir of Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 5 says what? You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. His own special people. There's a banner over you and it says love. You know what that banner says? It says you are mine. It says you are mine. Come on. He says you are mine. The cross of Jesus Christ is our point of identity. It's who we are. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. According to Romans 6, I've been united with him in a baptism of death, burial, and resurrection. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus.
I may wear a flag on my pin jacket here, a pin of the United States of America, but let me tell you something. I belong to Jesus. I don't belong to the works of the devil. I've been called out of darkness. I've been brought into his marvelous light. Every foul work of every devil has to cease at the cross. Aren't you thankful for the blood? I'm persuaded that neither life nor death, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate me, you, from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Why? Because his banner over us is love. So the cross of Christ is our symbol of identity. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer Austin who lives, but Christ who lives in me. The cross is our point of victory and conquering. Just as that flag represents possession, advancement, victory and conquering, as that flag was lifted high on Iwo Jima, anybody that could see that flag said, hey, it belongs to the United States of America. We've got the victory over Iwo Jima. If God has called me out of darkness and brought me into his marvelous light, that means that my life belonged under a different kingdom at one time. A kingdom of fear, a kingdom of oppression, a kingdom of darkness kingdom of suicidal thoughts and murder, a kingdom of sexual perversion. But I've been called out of darkness, and I've been brought in and separated into the kingdom of light through the cross and over my life and over your life and all who respond to the cross operates under a different kingdom. This body has been conquered by the cross. This body has victory in the cross. This body no longer belongs to the works of the devil, but belongs to the works of God. You may not see it, but there's a flag planted deep in my heart. There's a pole planted deep in my heart, and it's the cross of Jesus Christ. He says, he is mine. You're my child. You're my son. You're my daughter. No longer should you live for yourself, but you live for me. You belong to me, and I belong to you. On, the heart, on my heart is planted the flag of victory. I find it amazing. Brand new Christian in Nome, big guy. His name's Chris. Baptized, he's only been saved a month. Baptized him on Sunday night. I mean, here's a big... Uh, you know, this isn't, you know, he's a native Alaskan, okay, but he looks tough, all right? He's just big, tough guy. Standing there in that tank, weeping uncontrollably. Can't even talk into the microphone. And when he gets his composure, he says, I was such a hard man, such a hard heart. He says, But God has softened my heart. <laughs> Brand new Christian doesn't even know that Ezekiel says he'll take out the heart of stone and he'll put in a heart of flesh. Doesn't even, hasn't even read that scripture yet. <laughs> Same man stands before the DA. How many know when you get saved, you still have a past? <laughs> stands before the DA in court. 
And the DA publicly says, there's something different about you. And he says, I've been going to church. And the DA says, whatever you're doing, keep it up. Why? Because it's been visible that that territory belongs under a different kingdom. It's visible that that territory, hallelujah, it's been conquered by the cross of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Someone say the cross. Church doesn't need a new revelation. They need to rediscover the cross. When you get a revelation of who you are, who you belong to, no devil in hell will get victory over you. You will walk in victory every day. I told the first service last week I preached in Nome on what I call the bipolar faith. <laughs> How many know we're not called to have a bipolar faith? When you rediscover the cross, you will walk in victory every day. From faith to faith, victory to victory, glory to glory. Crosses. Our banner, our flag that represents everything that our kingdom represents, everything that our nation represents. The United States of America, when you see that flag, you see what? Land of the free, home of the brave, freedom, liberty, justice for all, democratic society. When you see that flag, it actually has some meaning. When I worked up in Rhode Island, when I was in Bible college, I worked at a boiler shop, and there was a guy there whose name slips me, but he was from Cambodia. He was in his late 50s, and, you know, this guy, every day, he would sand with a pneumatic sander on boilers to repaint them. Every day, put his dust mask on and just sand every day, and, and I mean, lived happy doing it. You say, who in the world lives happy like that? Well, this guy was from Cambodia. His father was kind of high up in the communist regime. I heard the story firsthand. His father was very high up in the communist regime, and when communism began to fall in Cambodia, the communist regime came and they killed his entire family. His mother, his father, brothers, all of them were killed. He was the last person left in his family. He was able to escape the house, and as he was running, the communist regime was running behind him. And as he's looking back, running away from them, he runs out into a street and gets hit by a bus or a van of some kind. He rolls into a ditch. He's lifeless. The people walk up on him. They figure he's just going to die anyway, and they leave him alone. Well, he didn't die. And the Lutheran missionaries that were in Cambodia at the time brought him to America. I believe it was in 1980 or 81 he came to America. Can I tell you that that flag actually means something to that guy? You know, we live in a nation that we just wake up with all this freedom, and that, that flag means nothing to us, or most of us. It means a whole lot to veterans, doesn't it? Well, if nobody likes me, at least the veterans will today. <laughs> but that flag meant something to this guy. Pauly, that was his name. I was able to give him his very first Cambodian Bible. 
was able to give him a Bible written in his language that he could understand. His name was Paul. He was a great guy, but he was just loved. I mean, he just, he would work all day sanding that boiler with a pneumatic sander every day, sanding and repainting boiler, and just loved his life because he knew where he came from and where he belongs. The flag means something to him. But that flag represents everything that our nation represents, freedom, hope, liberty, justice for all. Can I tell you that in the cross of Jesus, that is our banner, and it represents everything that's in our kingdom. We belong to the kingdom of God, the kingdom of light. What's in his kingdom? Some will say healing. Some will say life. Some will say forgiveness. Some will say love, joy, peace, Holy Ghost. Everything that's in the cross represents the kingdom of God. Yeah, go ahead. Put your hands together. Hallelujah. Just as the Son of Man was lifted up, he said, I will draw all men unto me. As the Son of Man was lifted up, the Bible doesn't tell us that he was physically whistling, as the prophet said in Isaiah. But Isaiah said that their banner would be lifted up to the nations, and he would whistle to them from afar off. This symbol on the hill of Gilgotha, imagine that, the highest point outside of Jerusalem, one of the highest places where people could look and see the cross, and in that cross would be healing, salvation, and deliverance, and God would whistle. He's just whistling today. He's even calling to the four corners of the earth and the ends of the earth saying, just come to me, just come to the cross, and at the cross is salvation at the cross is deliverance at the cross is freedom and joy joy unspeakable it's full of my glory in the cross that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full cross is a banner of victory someone say victory Colossians 2 says this Verse 13 through 15, and you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him. Do you understand? We've been united together in Christ. His flag has been planted on your heart. Having forgiven you all your trespasses, having wiped out the handwritten requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Look at this. The cross is our victory. Here it is. Having disarmed principalities. You know what that is? That's Amalek. Having disarmed principalities and powers. He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. That word disarm in the Greek, it literally means to completely strip off of power. Completely separate. I heard a preacher say one time, why are you so worried about what the devil's doing when he's worried about what you're doing? Do you understand that on that day that that banner was lifted high, that as Jesus was lifted up, that he would draw all men unto him, that as he was lifted high, in that moment he disarmed, he stripped off demonic powers, every power that the devil has no longer has power over you. And I tell you, you may not see it, but you better know the devil sees what's on you. You may look at your neighbor, you may not see the banner that's over them. 
But you better know in the spiritual realm, there's a banner that's over every one of you. And the devil knows who you are. He knows your name. And he knows the victory is sure. The victory is complete. And he knows he's a defeated foe that's already been defeated at the cross. He's been disarmed, stripped. His weapons removed. Triumphing over him in it, the Bible says. The word triumph in the Greek, it means a celebration. It's a, it's a triumphal processional. It's like confetti. It's like unicorns. Come on, it's like Holy Ghost happiness. It's like we've got the victory. When soldiers come home and they win a war, what do you see? You see a parade going down the street of the military. We've got the victory. Listen, we are soldiers of the cross, and we have the victory in him. The devil would love to get you to believe he's big, bad, and ugly, but he's a defeated foe, church. The Lord spoke to me yesterday, empower my people. These words are going to help empower you because when you understand that if the cross be for you, who can be against you? Every unclean spirit from hell has been completely and totally stripped of its power at the cross. That's a tweetable. <laughs> Every unclean spirit from hell has been completely and totally stripped of its power at the cross. I feel the anointing on this, so I'm going to go with it. Luke chapter 13. woman bent over with a 18 years, arthritic condition, had her hunched over. You go ahead and read Luke 13 later. 18 years, bent over. The Bible says she was bound with a spirit of infirmity. She was someone that enjoyed the synagogue. She was a, what you would call maybe even a child of God. Afflicted by demon power, and in which no way the Bible says she could straighten herself up. And Jesus later in that text even says that she was bound by Satan himself. I am so sick and tired of Christians getting healed in a service. And you go back a year later, you say, hey, how you doing? Well, you know, about six months later, it just came back. It's because you let it come back. I mean, when a spirit goes from someone, the Bible's very clear. It will bring seven more wicked and try to come back. I'm not talking about possession here. I'm talking about oppression. There is demonic oppression that would love to come on the children of God. Say, so, well, where's that biblical? Well, look at Acts 10.38, how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who went around doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Can I tell you, the devil would love nothing more to put you into fear, no, nothing more to put you into sickness and disease, nothing more to put you into poverty. You know what I don't find? I don't find people coming up to me after services, Pastor, you know, I, you got to pray for me. I, I'm bound with fear, but I won five people to Jesus this week. You don't find that. Come on. Is this what Pastor Bracken would do? <laughs> They don't. You don't find people that have crippling diseases in their body afflicted by the devil saying, but I'm ready to go to China and preach the gospel. No, they'd rather sit at home, laid up in bed with a crippling disease. Come on, somebody. We're in the business of kingdom advancement, and every demonic power has been crushed. His head has been crushed at the cross. He's been disarmed. 
Can you say amen? amen? Sometimes people don't get healed because we don't take authority over it. I've got about seven reasons why people don't get healed. One of them is we pray the wrong prayers. You don't pray for devils, you command them to go. Well, enough of the rabbit trail. He's been defeated. Someone say defeated. Three simple steps in walking in complete victory over Amalek. How many of you generally want to live a victorious Christian life every day? I'm talking a victorious life where sickness and disease doesn't even come into your body. You take care of it. On its, when it tries to come in, you deal with the symptoms right away, and you go from victory to victory, faith to faith. Three keys in walking in complete victory over Amalek. Number one, stand up with the rod of God. Bible says in Exodus 17, Moses said, I will stand, verse 9, I will stand on top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. The rod of God was a symbol of authority. It was given to Moses in Exodus 4, verse 17, and God said, take the rod of God in your hand, which you will do the signs. Moses using the rod of God against Pharaoh's house, against Egypt, the ten miraculous signs against Egypt. Moses used the rod of God uh, multiple times. He used it in Exodus 14 when he struck the Red Sea and the Red Sea parted. Pharaoh's army came in, struck the Red Sea again. The sea comes back over the armies, destroying the enemy. He used the rod of God in Exodus 17, striking the water that flowed out of the rock, struck the rock, outflowed the water. The rod of God was a symbol of authority that God had given Moses. And Moses, when the enemy comes in, what does he say? I'm going to go up on top of the hill, and I'm going to take the rod of God with me, the symbol of authority and the authority that I have in God Almighty. And he gets to the top of the hill. He lifts up the rod, lifts up the hands. We know the story that as long as he was in that position of worship, as long as he was in that position of holding up the symbol of authority and the rod of God, that as long as his hands were lifted, that the children of Israel would get victory. And they were defeating the enemy, but the Bible says, as his hands became heavy and as his hands began to get weary what had happened that Amalek began to get the victory over Joshua and the children of Israel Moses said I'm going to go up on the top of the hill in Ephesians chapter 1 the Bible says that our God Christ it says he is seated in heavenly places someone say that's up top He's seated in heavenly places far above all principality, all power, all might, all dominion, every name that is named. Our Jesus is seated in heavenly places. You go to Ephesians 2, what does it say? You also are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. For you to get victory every day in your life, you have to understand what the cross has accomplished in you, that you have been given all authority in his name. Come on, are you with me this morning? God's given you the rod of God in your hand. You have the authority of Jesus Christ. You also are seated in heavenly places. Everything that's under the feet of Jesus has been placed under your feet. Don't be bamboozled by the devil. Get the rod of God in your hand. Stand up with authority and fight against him in worship. Fight against him in worship. Fight against him in worship. How many know you can't worship and worry at the same time? Ho! Worship God with authority. Secondly, if you're going to have victory over Amalek, 
You must remain steadfast in faith. Moses' hands began to get weary. They brought to him a stone. Someone say a rock. Well, how do, you know it was a, how do you know it was a rock and not a stone, what we call a stone? Because he sat on it. <laughs> Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10, 17, that the, the rock that followed them in the desert, that rock was Christ. The outflow of the Spirit of God that came out of that rock in Exodus 17, it flowed from Jesus. Jesus is our rock. How many know he'll take us out of the miry clay? He'll set our feet upon the rock. Jesus Christ is the rock. Sometimes in the heat of the battle, sometimes in the middle of the storm, it can be easy to let our hands get weary. And when our flesh begins to fail, can I tell you, fix your eyes on the author and the finisher of your faith. Rest yourself in the arms of Jesus because he is the one who's designed your faith. He is the one who builds your faith. He's the one who completes your faith. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. In the heat of the storm, in the heat of the battle, when things get a little bit weary and you don't feel like you can go on any longer, just rest on the rock, church. Come on. Just rest. Steady yourself upon the rock. Real faith rests in Jesus knowing who he is. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he who comes to him must believe that he is. He is the horn of my salvation. He is my deliverer. He is my blesser. He is my shelter in the storm. He is my refuge. Hallelujah. He is the bread of life. He is the alpha and the omega. He is the beginning and the end. In my darkest hour, he is the bright and morning star. Come on, he is my healer. He is my miracle worker. He's God all by himself. He's a creator. He does creative things. He's Jesus, the son of the living God. Steady faith. Not a bipolar faith, but a steady faith. Bible says in 1 Timothy 2.8, the Apostle Paul says, I desire that men lift up holy hands. Come on, the symbol of Moses, lifting up holy hands. Listen to what he says. Without wrath and without doubting. It's not just some religious act of lifting up our hands. We lift up our hands without wrath and without doubting. You know what that is? That's steady faith. What is wrath? Wrath is anger to the extreme. It's an emotion that gets out of control. What the Apostle Paul was saying is, don't lift up your hands all emotional-like because emotions will lie to you. Come on. Faith will keep you. Emotions will lie to you. He says, lift up your hands without wrath and without doubting. Steady yourself in faith. Know who God is and respond to him on who he is. Someone say, steady faith. First Peter 5, 8 says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in faith. Someone say steady. Amen. Lastly, if you're going to have the victory, we understand that to have the victory, we have to exercise our authority with the rod of God. Do you understand that greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world? 
Do you understand what's been accomplished in the cross? Use your rod of authority that God has given you. He says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Matthew 28, 18 and 19. All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Now go. He's delegated his authority to the church. Use the rod of God. Steady your faith. If you're going to walk in victory, you can't have this inward debate and this inward deliberating. What's God going to do? Is God going to bring me through? You better know it's been accomplished on the cross and all who come to him by faith. All who come to him by faith. I said all who come to him by faith. Trusting in who he is. Is he your bread of life? Come on. Is he your provider? Is he your Jehovah Jireh? Is he your Jehovah Nisi? The Lord will fight for you. When you respond to him by faith. Lastly, swing your sword. Bible says that Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Kind of made myself laugh in the first service. I said, you notice it wasn't a Hogan leg drop off the top ropes that defeated Amalek. Joshua didn't go down there and tear his t-shirt. How many understand that the Word of God is our sword of the Spirit? Ephesians chapter 6. Hebrews 4.12. The Word of God is living, powerful, active, sharper than any two-edged sword. What did Joshua defeat the enemy with? He defeated him with the Word. Someone say the Word. What did Jesus get the victory over on in the desert when he was tempted for 40 days and 40 nights? He defeated him with the Word. Someone say the Word. Your victory is sure. Your victory is complete when you swing your sword. When the devil comes in and he says, oh, I think I'm going to steal from your bank account. I think I'm going to rob, steal, kill, and destroy from your home. When he comes, you say, oh, no, devil. God's come to give me life and life more abundantly. You say, oh, no, devil. Uh, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord shall deliver me out of them all. You say, oh, no, devil. You know, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, Psalms 37, 25, nor their descendants begging for bread. I'm never going to beg. I'm never going to borrow. I'm not going to steal. In fact, I'm going to be a lender to many nations and not a borrower. I'm going to be the head and not the tail. I'm going to be above and not beneath. Come on, I'll be blessed in the city. I'll be blessed in the country. You try to steal from me? Oh, no. Uh -uh. When I go berry picking, I'm going to find some berries. When I go hunting, I'm going to find me a moose. I'm blessed going in. I'm blessed going out. I'm blessed in the city, and I'm blessed in the country. Devil, who do you think you are? It comes to lay sickness and disease on you. You say, oh, no. You see that cross? It was laid on that cross over 2,000 years ago. Who do you think you are to lay sickness and disease on me? <laughs> Sniffle, you got to go. <laughs> I'm not preaching something I don't practice, church. You'll hear a story tonight. Make drop your drop your jaw. I've seen God give me deliverance. Has it been the moment I asked? Not always. <laughs> Sometimes, but not always. Tonight we're going to preach a message called Defeating Defeat. <laughs> Once and for all, defeating the defeat in your life and living a victorious Christian life. Joshua defeated the enemy with the sword. Sword of the Spirit, the shield of faith. Steady your faith. One of the biggest mistakes I see Christians make is they get all emotional in their problems. They get all emotional in the attack of the devil. When God's just looking for faith, 
He's looking for you to settle yourself in him. He's looking for you to respond to him in faith and trust him in all things. Amen? Stand to your feet if you would, please. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I've seen the devil try to hinder my finances. I've seen the devil try to afflict my family or my body with disease. Come on, we're in a war. From generation to generation, the Bible says Amalek will have war. We're in a war until Jesus returns and establishes his rule and his reign on this earth. Don't get complacent, church. Look at your neighbor say, fight. Tell them, say, get a little fight in you. Swing your sword. And I ask you to lift both hands to heaven right now, if you would, please. The Lord is our banner. The cross is not just a symbol that our nation fights about. It's not just a symbol of a memorial to remember fallen soldiers or fallen people. The cross is not just two sticks we put up on the steeple of a church. The cross is our pole. The cross is our banner. The cross has everything we need for victory every day of our lives until we see him face to face. Everything. You're not going to find a problem in this world that can't be solved and resolved at the cross. Even now, I dare you to take authority over your situation. Go ahead. Go ahead. Get up on the mountain of God. Get up on top of the hill. Stretch forth your rod of authority and tell your problem to go. Speak to your mountain in Jesus' name. Exercise your God-given rights. Understand you no longer operate under the kingdom of darkness, but you operate under the kingdom of light. That there's a flag that's been planted over your life. There's a flag that's been planted on your heart. It's the cross. It's Calvary. It's Jesus. Your victory is sure. Your victory is complete at the cross. Worship him. Worship him. Stretch out the rod of God. Tell your problem where it can go. Every destructive spirit at the sound of my voice that's come to divide your home. Somebody needs to hear this today. It's come to divide your home and your family and bring division within the home. I rebuke you now in the name of Jesus. The cross of Calvary is against you. And we plant that flag in your home now in the name of Jesus. And I lose peace, the peace of God that passes all understanding. Where there has not been joy in your home, I lose joy now like never before. Where there has not been love in your home, I lose love now like never before because his banner over your home this hour is love. Is love. Is love. Once again, we're going to pray for all the sick tonight, but if you're sick in your body, just receive this even now. Be healed even now. There was not one infirmity that was not nailed to the cross. 
Well, you don't understand, a, you know, a basketball-sized tumor. That's a pretty big deal. It was nailed to the cross of Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for miracle power in this house. We thank you for divine health that's provided in the cross. We thank you, Lord, that you are our God and you fight for us. God, meet your people's faith now. In Jesus' name, I rebuke every foul work of the devil set against your body, every spirit of infirmity that would try to bring you in oppression with sickness and disease. I command you to go, go, go now. In Jesus' name, be healed, be healed, be healed. Go ahead, move your body around. Do something you couldn't do before. Be healed in the name of Jesus. The Lord is your banner. The Lord is your banner. All who looked upon the serpent was healed. All who looked upon the pole was healed. Thank you, Jesus, for freedom today. Deliverance today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you're here this morning, you'd say, Pastor, I'm not right with God. There's sin in my life. I have yet to plant the flag of Jesus upon my heart. I operate under a different kingdom. The kingdom of sin, the kingdom of death, the kingdom of destruction. I haven't been living for God. I need to turn my heart to Jesus today. I'm ready for the Lord to be my banner today. Right now, God's whistling to you. He's saying, just come to the cross and find salvation. Just come to the cross and find deliverance. Just come to the cross and find healing. If you're here today and you say, God's whistling at my heart. He's saying, Pastor, say a prayer for me. I want to get right with God today. I want to be sure that I'm under the kingdom of light. Coming out of the kingdom of darkness today, I'm ready to make Jesus my Savior. Jesus my Lord, my King, my everything. If that's you, slip your right hand high and wave at me just like this. Say, say a prayer for me, Pastor. Yes, young man. Pray this with me all across this place. Say, Jesus, in this holy moment, I turn from sin and I turn to you. Break now the power of sin and death. Bring me into complete freedom in you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus, that you died on the cross and you rose from the grave and you did it for me. Thank you, Jesus, that you're my Lord. You're my Savior. You're my everything. In Jesus' name. What I'm going to do now is I'm going to open up these altars as we sing a song before we exit. But in this moment, you just say, I'm taking some things back. I'm taking some things back. The years that the locusts have destroyed, I'm taking them back. The Lord over me is a banner, a cross before me. I'm taking my health back. I'm taking my marriage back. I'm taking my home back. Maybe you've got a prodigal son or a prodigal daughter that's drifted away. Take them back in the name of Jesus today. We're going to sing a song in this time. If you want to come to the altar, lift your hands to heaven and do as Moses did. Steady yourself on a rock with hands lifted high and just worship and get your victory today. 
And don't miss tonight. We're going to pray for all the sick. Come. Come. When you walk into the room, everything changes. Darkness starts to tremble at the light that you And worship you. Ooh, we worship you. That's it. Steady your faith. Steady your faith right now. Steady your faith. Peace be still in Jesus' name. Rest on the rock. Rest on Christ. We'll never stop. We can't live without you. We love you, and we can't get enough. All this is for you, Jesus. We love you, we'll never stop. Can't live without you. Every hopeless situation ceases to exist When you walk into the room The dead begin to rise Cause there's resurrection life in all Can't get enough All this is 
and come and consume God all we are we give you permission our hearts are yours we want you we want you come and consume and come and consume God all we are we give you permission our hearts are yours we want you we want you come and consume we come and consume God all we are we give you permission our hearts are yours we want you we want you we come and consume God all we are we give you permission our hearts are yours we want you Yes, we love you, we'll never stop, can't live without you, Jesus, we love you, can't get enough, all this is for you, Jesus. starts to vanish when you walk into the room sickness starts to vanish every hopeless situation ceases come on sing it again when you walk into the room sickness starts sickness starts to vanish every hopeless situation ceases to the and when you walk into the room, the dead begin, the dead begin to rise. Cause there's resurrection life in all you.
mission. Our hearts are yours. We want you. We want you. Come and consume God. Oh, we are. We give you permission. Our hearts are yours. We want you. We want you. Come and consume God. Oh, we are. We give you permission. Our hearts are yours. We want you. We want you. Come and consume. Come and consume God. Oh, we are. We give you permission. Our hearts are yours. We want you. We want you. God, oh, we are. We give you permission. Our hearts are yours. We want you. We want you. We love you. We'll never stop. Feel free to stay, but we're going to take a love offering for the Jones family right now. And ushers, would you come? We want to sow seed into this ministry and all that God's doing in Nome and all the surrounding area. If you need an envelope, just raise your hand. You can be seated. If you want to do it on the text, the push pay, the text to give thing. 77977 and just you can type Austin Jones in there again just fill the check out to KC if you're writing a check Woo, hallelujah <laughs> give her more joy God 
<laughs> That's right. More joy. I'll take some of that too. Praise Jesus. Woo. Amen. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for your power and your presence and your spirit. God, that even flow from the, uh, the Jones family. And God, we ask that you'd pour out your spirit and bring in a great harvest of souls and know. Thank you for all that you're going to do up there, all that you put on, uh, all that's on your heart and that you put on the heart of the Jones family. And we just agree with all of it and say, do it. Do it all, oh God. You're awesome and mighty. Woo, hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead, ushers. And after you uh, give, you can just go ahead and stand up and worship God as we begin to close this service now. Thanks for coming. Don't forget to come tonight. Miracle service, bring the sick, the oppressed, the depressed, the afflicted, bring the addicted. People are going to get set free tonight. Amen. All right, let's just stretch hands across the aisle and... Let's close. Lord, we thank you. Father, I'm asking. Lord, bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon them. Lift up your countenance towards them. Be gracious to them. Keep them and give them peace. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you.